Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 855-616-1620. And now in for Jeff Wagner, WTMJ's Scott Morris. Wagnerless program that it is. Jeff needs time to process things. <laughs> Don't we all? Don't we all? No, I said this last night on WTMJ Nights. I I am surprised at my own relative numbness to things. I'm just I'm I'm just kind of playing it cool. I'm not too high. I'm not too low. I'm fine. I'm good. We'll be fine. We're good, America. Here we are, two days removed now. The sun still rose. I assume it'll set again today, tonight. You're going to get up and go to work or do whatever it is you need to do, and here we are. And I think, I know um, Jeff did some of this yesterday, and other guys have, have on the air here today have done some of the, starting to reflect a little bit, and I'd like to dive a little deeper into some of that before 3 o'clock today. Okay, by the way, the Packers game, the Packers game is still on. Why? Like, what are we doing? If this was a Sunday noon kickoff, I don't think they're playing this game. If this was a Sunday noon kickoff, and let's say instead of Packers 49ers, you had the exact same COVID situation with the Cincinnati Bengals and the Denver Broncos. I don't think there's any way they're playing. I think they're pushing it off till a Monday or a Tuesday. And yet here we sit, and I, I think you're naive if you think that the fact it's a national broadcast, the money that rides on it, the stature of the Packers and the 49ers for that matter, and that's why this game is happening tonight. And if if, if you don't recognize the motivation by the NFL in doing this game and in, in having this game tonight... As opposed to, you know, you could push it off until Monday or Tuesday and still be the one or two games in town if you did it Monday or Tuesday. But here we sit. I don't know. Um, the Houston Texans have closed their facility and uh, paused operations. The Chicago Bears today have closed their facility and paused football operations. Some might say they did that a few weeks ago, though. And it's a joke. So COVID continues to run its course through the National Football League. I I struggle, whether it's how COVID impacts sports or society in general, I personally struggle with the question of, is this, whatever this might be, and today it's the NFL, is this worth criticizing and second-guessing, or, or is this what we should have expected all along as an acceptable amount of disruption due to COVID. And I go back, I debate against myself debating, well, this was, this is too far. This is silly. This is stupid for them to be playing this game tonight. And then on my other, you know, the, uh, the other Scott on my other shoulder goes, yes, well, look, if you wanted sports during a pandemic, if you want sports during coronavirus, then this is 
the season that you're going to need to get used to. I don't know. I get back and I, I go back and forth on that. But make no mistake, tonight's game is being played because of money. And if it was a Sunday noon game, and if it was a Sunday noon game between two lesser known franchises with a lesser following, I'm pretty sure the thing is either uh, postponed, rescheduled, pushed back a day or two, or what have you. Okay. It is time to do, as we'll continue to follow what's happening in Las Vegas, uh, Clark County officials in Nevada are having a news conference right now, and we're constantly updating the numbers. And depending on the network you follow or the you know, pundit of your choice, Joe Biden, in some cases, sits just six votes, electoral votes away from being the president-elect. Maybe some have them at 253, depending on what they've done with Arizona, which is really odd. It's almost split. You have half the networks doing or have given give, given uh, Arizona to Biden and half haven't. Boy, did you see the story today that apparently uh, Donald Trump called up Rupert Murdoch late on Tuesday because Fox News was the first network to call Arizona for Biden which set off the White House and the president. So apparently there are reports that he called up Rupert Murdoch and just reamed him out. How in the world could this network be calling this for Biden and all this other stuff? And I don't know. It's fascinating, some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. So we will continue to monitor what happens and bring you any breaking news. Of course, we will likely be going under a recount right here. Now, as of last check, president is not threatening to sue Wisconsin. I don't believe there's any lawsuits... Or, or I was going to say legal challenges, but I think a, technically a recount would be a request of a legal challenge, maybe. There, there's no legal wrangling between the president and, and, and our state right now. Knock on wood. Okay? But we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. It's time to do some reflecting, though. And I've got a question, because, look, we, we have... You always got to be looking to get better in life, in work in relationships, in everything. How do you get better? And on the heels of what we have seen this week, the question that has been on my mind, and I think as Americans should be on all our mind, is what can we do better next time? Whether that's the off-year elections in two years, but specifically looking at 24. What can we do better? And that's where I would like to start. Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is 855-616-1620. If you were, I don't know, if, if you were appointed to a blue ribbon commission on American election processes, processes, what would you like to change? Now that we've we've seen this outpouring in early voting in absentee voting and mail-in ballots, all that stuff. Moving forward, what is it that you would like to see changed and specifically improved? You don't want to make it worse, right? 855-616-1620. If it's something across the board on a national level, perfect. If it's something here in our own state you would like to see changed and improved, great. But let's take a step back, and it doesn't matter what your political affiliation is or who you voted for. I think we can all agree there's probably some things we can do to tweak this system of ours, which is so unique and so great. But 
we can be better at this. So what would you do if the powers that be came to you and said, we'd like to appoint you to a blue ribbon task force on American elections? What is something you would like to install, instill, make better, at least in 2024 and maybe moving forward? That's where we start. How do we get better? Time to reflect, America. If we're not getting better, we're getting worse. 855-616-1620 on the Accident Mortgage Talk and text line. Scott Warrison for Jeff on a Thursday. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Now, I realize that there are suggestions. On the text line, for example, a few people said, get better candidates. Well, yes. Um, hopefully in four years we, we've got a better choice than we had this year, or four years ago for that matter. But I, I'm, I'm talking, what actual change? I mean, I, I think we there has to be some sort of pragmatic approach to this. What is realistic? What could actually change? What is a reasonable request to make our state or our nation better when it comes to the process of electing a president? So... Keep that filed away in the back of your mind. I guess I, 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 I was implying that it would be something that is actually within reason. Let me put it that way. Because getting better candidates, it's, it's you know, certainly within our ability to ultimately get better candidates by virtue of the primary process. But in the end... Some of that is out of our hands. I mean, we we may know some great men and women who should run, but if they don't run, well, what are we going to do, right? 855-616-1620 on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's start in Fredonia. Let's talk to Tim. Hey, Tim. What's going on, Mr. Orris? You miss doing basketball? I do, buddy. <laughs> my God. <laughs> I can't wait for it to be back. I can't wait for it to be back. So, so what would you do, Tim? Scott. Here's what I would do. I talked to Google a little bit, and I got a couple of things. First of all, I would limit in-person absentee balloting across the board, make it uniform for like two weeks. But you have to vote at your precinct in order to do that, okay, wherever your assigned is, and obviously with a voter ID. Number two, I would make a federal holiday on Election Day. That means everybody's off. There's no BS as to why they couldn't get the poll. They had to work till 9 o'clock at night, whatever. Um, there's no BS that we make us that these holiday. Now, that's in the hospitality industry. I get that. You know, you start at 11 or whatever. I would make that uniform. Number three, Scott, if they haven't done this all wet ready and I have scissors, I would watermark the ballots somehow to make sure there is no hanky-panky going on. I've heard that they've done that in some states. I don't know if that's true. But those three ways of doing that, and then maybe on the ID, Scott, have a barcode where they could beep, scan you in and you couldn't vote twice anywhere else. Kind of like if you try to ring in a ticket at the Packers game twice, it'll just come up rejected. Mm. You know, something like that, Scott. Mm. Then you get rid of 90-some percent of this garbage. And, guys, you've got to agree with me here. My wife's not very political on this, but 
she said this is just hurting the integrity of our republic right now. It's just crazy. And Stevie Wonder could see this coming, Scott. I mean, with this lot of big stuff. I just want to hear your thoughts, buddy. Nice to talk to you. Again. Okay. There, it, Scott. there he is. Thanks, Tim. That, that is Tim and Fredonia. Um, all right. So Tim has uh, a slew of ideas. I, I like the federal holiday idea. Um, or do it on a Saturday? I mean, that would be something that, again, thinking something doable. Uh, the barcode, like a watermark. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm all for securing my ballot to ensure that my ballot is cast by me and not someone else. And I think we all agree, we all, if, not, if not we all should, that ballot integrity is vital. I don't think anybody uh, would say, you know, uh, that, that that is not of, of the utmost importance. Federal holiday, does that help? Maybe. You know the reason we do it on a Tuesday? We do it on a, we do it on a Tuesday in the first Tuesday in, in November is because it goes back, way back, way back. It goes back to when the, the farmers, as it were, would need a day to travel to get to a particular precinct or their particular uh, polling place. And that was the reason why they did it on a Tuesday because Sunday being a church day, a holy day. They didn't want people traveling on a Sunday. So that's why we're not going to do it on a Monday. And we'll do it Tuesday to give people a day to get there. That's really the reason why we do it on a Tuesday in November, the first Tuesday in November. So, okay, there are some ideas. 855-616-1620. Academic Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Dennis is in Milwaukee. Okay, Dennis, what would you what would you improve if you were given carte blanche to do it? You know, there's a couple of things. The the first thing I would change, I would have every state being equal as far as like the Saturday before the election, all mail in ballots will stop after that point. Nothing after the Saturday before the election. And have that nationwide. And then the second thing I would like to see changed is as far as uh, ballots being counted. I think they should be allowed to start counting the ballots the Monday before the election. Mm. Because I think that'll cut down a whole lot of this, you know, I'm calling a procrastination, but, you know, they got to take the time out, you know, mm-hmm. and count the, you know, count all the votes, you know, which I think they should do in the first place. So let me ask you about the Saturday thing. So you, you would have all... All mail-in ballots, all absentee ballots, have to be... Now, are you saying they'd have to be postmarked the Saturday before the election, or they'd have to be in the hands of the precinct by the Saturday? In the hands of the precinct. Okay. The Saturday. Actually, in the hands. Why wouldn't so I know you the postmark date would actually have to change? Why why wouldn't you want the postmark date? Like if if somebody voted and it was postmarked the Saturday before the election, why why don't you like the going by postmark? Because that's going to put some of the counting off maybe till, you know, um mail coming in late Tuesday, mail coming in on Wednesday, that's going to put mm-hmm. the counting off. Okay. Hmm. 
That's interesting. Interesting idea. Thanks for the call, Dennis. I appreciate your uh, perspective. 855-616-1620. Look, there's all kinds of things we can do to get better, and that's what I'm asking. And I, I think there is one thing we all have to recognize and realize. There is one major takeaway, and we can get into that topic as well maybe next, but there is a major takeaway from this particular election, and I don't think it's going to change. If anything, it may only grow. We continue. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Terry, Pete, Scott, Lamar, hang on the line. We'll roll you through the news. Uh, let me just get a quick text or two in here. Uh, let's see here. Scott, uh, two things I'd like to change. One, um, let's allow for online voting. Online voting. Two, I believe every state should be required to have voter ID so we really know that the person is who they say they are when they cast their vote. Again, that's Ray from Illinois. Make the voting process digital, says Jeff from Racine. Yeah, a few of you are making the point that, you know, we're still kind of in this counting counting process that is, you know, from the 30s or 40s. Although I would say the 30s and 40s, it was all... And they're still using a machine when they tabulate some of these things and run them through a counter. Um, I know in recounts, it can be maybe um, a hand recount, but there is a, some degree of technology. Believe it or not, there's some degree of technology even, even now. A lot of you speaking to the technological advancements, yeah, I, I heard it put this way. Right now in space somewhere, there is a, there's a Tesla with, with a, an astronaut mannequin, right, sitting in the seat, and that what uh, Elon Musk sent up there. So there's a Tesla floating through the galaxy as we speak, and yet we're still trying to figure out this voting thing here in America, here on Earth. 855-616-1620 on the Accident Mortgage Talk and text line. Um, let's see, I, I think... One of the things that a lot of you are hitting on as well on the text line, and if you if you make the comment on the phone, but we'll still listen to you, is the start counting before before election day. That would make some of this a lot more expedited, and we might have some results. But again, it's a state by state thing, and there is a push to federalize. Some of you are making the push to federalize um, a lot of these processes. Back to take your calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. We do have to realize moving forward that early voting, mail-in voting, absentee voting, whatever the term you want to use, non-day-of in-person voting, that is a thing to stay. I mean, you think about all, all, everybody, all of us, I did, who did not vote in-person day-of, I think a lot of people are going to realize, you know what, this is, uh, this is kind of slick, this is kind of sweet, and I know many of you have been doing it for a while. Um... And I think that you're going to have more and more and more, even when we're no longer under a uh, under a pandemic, even when you know the, the the we get back to normal. I believe that people are more apt to vote the way they did this year moving forward. That's here to stay. Maybe not in the scope and size because of the pandemic, but close to it. So, with that in mind, the first thing I would change if I had to change one thing. And that's what we're asking. What's the one thing you would improve in for four years is in Wisconsin to the state legislature? Oh, asking them to do something here. Brace yourself. But I'm asking you to allow those ballots that are cast early 
to be counted ahead of election day. I don't know why they don't. The only reason I can come up with as the reason why they don't is that they're afraid that what the numbers will get leaked and it'll be, you know, the Monday before election and suddenly, hey, did you hear Wisconsin says that Joe Biden's got a lead? How can they have a lead? It's not even election day yet. I, if somebody has an answer to that, I'd like to know why we don't other than the absolute preposterous reason of this is the way we've always done it. God, I hate that. Don't you? Even if it's like at the office and and something has been done this way as long as you've worked there and you finally decide to challenge the rationale reasoning for it and you ask your boss and they go, I don't know. That's the way we've always done it. If that's the only reason for doing something, you need to challenge. You need to challenge that. But that, that's at the top of my list. Count those early votes when they're received. Do a solid for those poor, you know, county clerks sitting in the precincts having to, and their staffs having to do all this. Just think, I mean, record millions of, of early votes. And in some states, like ours, they just sat there. Can't touch them. Can't touch them until we open the door on, on election day. It's just frustrating. I just think we can be better at that. To the phones again. Uh, got a few people here that have been patient. Scott's in South Milwaukee. Hi, Scott. Um, hi, hi. Thanks for taking my phone call. Thank you. Um, what, I, what I would like to see change, whatever, again, I mean. Scott, you there? The concept of, yeah, can you hear me? All right, there we go. Gotcha. Like go con- ahead. Yeah, I like the concept of the Electoral College, but what I would like to see, what I would like to see change about it, because I, because, the Electoral College gives rural states a 3% advantage before before even a single vote is cast. So three ideas, whatever, that I've had, whatever, is that, is that whoever wins the, the popular vote, whatever, would get a percentage of electors based on the percentage that they won by, or whatever, that they get, whatever, say, 50 electors, whatever, or what our, what our potential thing is that they get, one bonus elector, whatever per whatever per per state per 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 state per state which which per state which which they um which they won. Gotcha. I, I, I think that I think that by doing that, I think that by doing that, I, I think that by doing that, whatever um even the playing field between whatever the rural states and the urban states, whatever. And also, another, one other thing that I thought of is that is that if your house delegation does not have at least three members, then you don't get then you don't get your um um two senate two senate re- two senator representatives in the electoral college process. Hmm. I, I think that, again I've never run the math on that to see how that would impact whatever cases right. where somebody doesn't win the popular vote. But it'd be interesting whatever to do some sort of scenario analysis to see whatever if one of those I'd be curious. Yeah, you know, Scott, I yeah, appreciate the call, and I like you thinking outside the box, and I like the fact that you realize we're not going to get rid of the Electoral College, but is there something, I don't know, again, if we're brainstorming here and everything within reason is on the table, um, to take the winner of the popular vote and give them some some number of electoral college votes based on winning the popular vote by a certain percentage. All right, that's that that is a creative idea. By the way, did you know that since 1988, little little election fun fact. Here, I'll ask you this, Kyle. 
1988, George H.W. Bush beat Michael Dukakis. George H.W. Bush won the popular vote in 1988 when he cleaned the clock of Dukakis. Since 1988, how many times has the Republican presidential candidate won the popular vote? Uh, so we're, we're going back, uh, was that 32 years? 32 years. How, how many times has the Republican presidential candidate won the popular vote? I'm trying to figure out how many elections that have been, because I know the stat is like seven out of eight Democrats have won the popular vote. Seven out of the past eight presidential elections. So you're saying? Uh, one. One, and that would be correct. There correct. Do you want to, you want to, uh, double or nothing and tell me what year that was? The one time since 1988. Was it 2004? Yes. Good job. When? Uh, that was when uh, George W. Bush was beat. Quadruple uh, or nothing. John Kerry. Yes. <laughs> wow. Still, still sharp. 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 Yep. The Bush over Kerry in 2004 is the only time since 1988 that a Republican presidential candidate carried the popular vote, and. It, won't happen this time around, even if uh, in the end, somehow President Trump is able to get uh, enough electoral college votes. Very good. Very good. Terry's on the south side. Terry, how would you fix our election process in 2024? Uh, I think one of the main things I would work with, work on, is the debate format. I think what it does is it, it, it only works for getting sound bites. So basically, you just have to be the wittiest person to say something and get a good sound bite and uh sorry about the motorcycles that'll help you you know rise up in the polls and you know you, you can just be a smart you say crazy things and all that and you'll get up in the polls but when you're pressed in long form conversation we actually see that the person has no real substance to what they're offering and i think that's what's been getting us in trouble during these elections i like the town hall format much better and i don't like the moderator type things because i think what that does is you see some of these people are like political hacks, and uh, I think it should be more actual citizens from those areas with the microphones asking the questions to the candidates directly and cut the commercial breaks and stop trying to make it all about getting profit off the debates. I think it needs to be, I mean, because we're, we're picking the future of people of this country, so we need to take it more serious and stop making it about sound bites and stop making it about money. So in 2024, so, you want to alter... The debate, you want to take it even, go back a step, even before election day, alter the debate process and what, eliminate the one-on-ones altogether with the moderator. And what would you have? Three, three, uh, town hall styles or would you have two and one or what? Well, I don't know. I think, uh, like I said, I think it should be more citizen focused. You know, I don't. I didn't even know who some of these moderators were, and then the way they ask some of the questions, and then they seem to give one candidate more time than the other, and that just aggravates people who are trying to figure out who they want to vote for. You know, a lot of these debates, like that one with Trump and Biden, that first one, it was like, we, we did, what did we really accomplish? You know, I know a couple weeks ago when I called and spoke about how we have, you know, physicists and mathematicians and people with PhDs. You know, these are the type of people we should be looking at. And those are the people that in debate form, they they really shine. And you can say, oh, these are the people that can fix the issues in this country. Mm-hmm. And again, I think that'll prevent us from getting to a point like where we are, where because I think what's happening is the reason people want to change everything with this ele- election process is because the candidates are. I mean, look what we got going now. They're, they're basically delegitimizing, if that's even the right word, 
the, the process. So now we're like, oh, we need to change it. You know, it's like, no, wait a minute. We just need well, to change the people I, that we Well, I, I don't know, Terry. I'm not sure if... I think we can always look to be better as a nation in our in, in everything we do, and now specifically in our election process. I, I'll be honest with you. Even if the two candidates this time were 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 better, quite frankly, than Biden and Trump, I still think we could look at the election process and say there are things we can improve, we can tweak. Now, maybe more people are more apt to change things because they're just not pleased with the two guys at the top of the ticket this time around, perhaps. But I think all options are on the table. Thanks, as always, Terry. Good to hear from you. Um, there, there are some good ideas out there. We'll squeeze in Lamar when we come back, and I'll catch up on some of the texts that have accumulated as well. As we try to make this nation better in 2024. We can do that, right? Hmm? Right? Can we? Hmm? You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Not today, big voice guy. Jeff is out. I'll be in for him tomorrow as well. Try to contain your enthusiasm, please. Lamar is in Orlando, Florida. Hi, Lamar. Hey, thanks for taking my call. And actually, I'm literally sitting, I'm on vacation. I'm in Columbia, actually, listening to you on the internet. Hmm. Uh, Columbia, South Carolina? Oh, Columbia, Cali, Columbia, the country. Wait a minute. You're you're in the nation of, you're in the country of Columbia right now. I'm on vacation, yes. Wow. An international call, Lamar. Thank you. You're worldwide known, man. What can I say? <laughs> Take it away. So from Colombia, what would, what would the people of Colombia like to recommend? No, I'm just kidding. How should we be better? How can we be better? How can we be better in 2024? Um, three, three things. One really quick note about the Electoral College and the popular vote. Do you know that in, in the five instances that has happened in our history, it's always gone to Republicans? They've lost the popular and won by Electoral College. Just one quick, one throw that quick fact out there. Um, but my three things. One, technology. We've got to, our way of counting votes is extraordinarily archaic. I can do an entire mortgage application, give them my identification, verification online, and have it be verified in, in a matter of moments, and we're still counting ballots by hand using machine counters. That's one way. Number two, why are we voting on a weekday? I know that, I know why we did it, because of farmers. At, we're not an agrarian society anymore. Most people work regular nine-to-five jobs during the week. I think voting should happen on the weekend. And most importantly, I think that could be easily done is federalize our elections and get one, one way of doing it. The fact that we have 50 different states and they do it 50 different ways, it, the perception is that um, because people don't understand the laws in different states, is that if in Wisconsin they're looking at the way they're doing it in Pennsylvania, they're saying, well, they, that, that's not how you do it. And so they think that they're, it's fraud. And so it gives a perception that our system is broken, and that's just not simply the case. Every state has different reasons or different ways of counting, uh, running their elections, and I think that that is crazy. I've always thought that that was crazy. However, different states have different rules. So we got one set, you know, one way of doing things. Uh, voting on the weekend is be much better. It's more access, and then using technology. My God, I can send you a payment from here, you know, and have it secure payment from here to your accountant. Twenty twenty seconds. And we're still voting, having to vote in person using paper ballots and pen and pencil in many cases. All right. All good ideas. Thanks, Lamar. I appreciate it. Um, and enjoy the rest of your vacation in Colombia. Where in Colombia are you? What city? Whereabouts? I'm in Cali, Colombia, the beautiful valley yeah, down here in Cali, Colombia. I, can, I see it right here. Florida like climate. Wow. Is it, is, it, is it hot there right now? Is it muggy? Is it humid? Oh, yeah. 
It's, it's not as humid as Florida because you're not right on the water, but it's hot. Hmm. It's definitely hot. How hot is it? <laughs> it's about 90, oh. 90 degrees right now. Oh, 90. It's about 90 right now. Wow. All right. It's hot. Thanks. Thanks as always, Lamar. Thanks for listening um, from the internet. How about that, huh? I've got it up on the map right here. Cali, Colombia. I'm looking at it right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know how to pronounce anything around it. Otherwise, I was going to say something witty. All right. To the text line here. Make Election Day the first, uh, Friday, uh, first Friday of the week. That's kind of what Lamar was saying. Allow everyone to vote in person from Monday through Friday and be able to drop off absentee ballots during the week. All voting would then be completed by the end of that Friday. Limiting vote uh, voting to in-person only would disenfranchise seniors who, yeah, I, I, I don't think you can just limit it to, to in-person only. Um, some of you are saying, yes, use the Nebraska model. Now, don't call me a dummy. Why would you do that? What would you do? Look at Nebraska, dummy. You're calling me a dummy? That, that, that's silly. You don't know me. Why would you say that? Come on now, you're better than that. 414, you know who you are. Uh, let's see. 262, um, I think we need a universal time for all votes to be in, and I feel it should be like 8 o'clock on election day. Therefore, I think mail-in ballots should be posted seven days before the election in every state. All kinds of good ideas. All kinds of good ideas. I think we have to realize, though, that the early voting, mail-in ballots, things like that, are are here to stay. And people who did it are likely to do it again in 2024. By the way, I'm a big fan of the drive, drive-in drive voting, too. Don't even get out of the car. They hand you the clipboard. You sign your name. You fill it out. They give you your ballot. They seal it up. I think that could be here to stay as well. But that's just because I'm lazy. Once we get through the pandemic, I'm still going to be lazy. Who was best on the big board, do you think? Of all the networks you watched... They usually had somebody working the magic board. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed by how well these experts were, you know, clicking around or point and touch and the screen would change. I always wonder also how much work and how much prep time was Chuck Todd knowing when Election Day was. So he's going to spend, what, two, three days Ramping up to election day. Okay, I got to make sure I know how my magic screen works because I'm telling you, every one of those, I, I made a list. So you had on CNN, it was John King. John King strikes me as somebody who was able to, he was so smooth. He is so smooth with the magic board. Is that what the term is? Magic board, the electoral college map. You know what I'm talking about, right? It was like, it was like he was using it as a little kid. All his life. Steve Kornacki still hasn't slept. He's at MSNBC. Uh, Bill Hemmer was not as smooth with the board, I thought. But that's because that's... I mean, he's an anchor. I know John King is as well. But I don't know. I, I just didn't think Bill Hemmer at Fox was quite as good on the uh, Magic Big Board as some of these other ones. Chuck Todd, who's getting more smarmy. Do you find Chuck Todd to be likable? I want to like Chuck Todd. But he's he's kind of got this smartest guy in the room and he'll be the first to tell you air about him and i don't like it but he was handling the big board don't laugh he was handling the big board at nbc and then tom uh yamas at abc who i'm not very familiar with so i can't speak as to his big board operational skills but um my guy was uh, i'll go kornacki uh as just uh, the smartest guy in the room and he he's humble enough I think I, I think that uh, he can be called that. And then John King, great job on the big board. When we come back next hour, 
as a Republican, what would you like Democrats to learn about you and the party moving ahead? As a Democrat, what would you like Republicans to know and learn about you moving ahead? Because we have to start uh, doing more self-reflection if we're going to get better. That's next on WTMJ. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now in for Jeff Wagner, WTMJ's Don Morris. So I heard Scafidi talking this morning about the... Uh, this turkey contest? You familiar with this? We need to talk about this for a moment, I think. Do we not? So, here, now here's the deal. Here's the deal. It is time for another one of our WTMJ Cares initiatives. And for years now, for years, so many of you have been so generous for so many remarkable causes. Um, over the years of our WTMJ Cares initiative. And here as we ramp up towards the holidays, and specifically Thanksgiving, it is time to debut yet another uh, one of our WTMJ Cares causes. This one is uh, being spearheaded by Melissa, Melissa Barclay, of course, uh, Wisconsin's Afternoon News, member of our news team. And Melissa and the station have teamed up with the Hunger Task Force to help make a difference for families in need this holiday season. And this is where you come in. Because we need your help, and we're going to have a little fun along the way. Although the fun seems to be taking a turn for the worse, according to some of our hosts. But you know what? That's that's part of it. Each one of the shows, each one of the shows and the hosts tied to those shows are competing to see who can help donate the most Thanksgiving turkeys to families in need. It is WTMJ Cares Pass the Turkey. So it comes down to a competition. Now, you heard Steve Scafidi touting, go to the website and click on my face and donate a turkey. Was it $15, right? $15 gets you a turkey. And we're going to keep track of this between now and Thanksgiving, and ultimately we will have a winner. So I am going to make my first plea, plea, that's pretty strong, my first prayer (laughs) to all of you. Right now, you can go to WTMJ.com, or it's even easier than that. If you just text the word turkey to 855-616-1620, and I need you to scroll down and look for my face. You go, you're on the radio. What does your face look like? Well, that's a fair point. But normally, I do WTMJ nights. But here's the thing. I got a little advantage, because today and tomorrow, I'm in for Wagner. I'll be in for Scafidi on a, in a couple Fridays from now. But I need you to go to WTMJ.com. I need you to text the word turkey to 855-616-1620. And I need you to click on the WTMJ Knights slash Scott Warris face, kind of turkey-like, perhaps you might say, and make your donation that way. We're going to track this. We're going to, at some point, we're going to get a hold of some sort of turkey tracker. That's what I'm going to call it. And then we will see who wins. So we're going to kind of make this a competition. I know you're going to hear some trash talking among hosts. I'm going to take the high road right now. Right now. Like most candidates, they take the high road during the campaign early, and then it gets late, then people get tense and nervous, and maybe they're down in the polls, and then, wham! Then you start the negative campaigning. If that's what I have to do, I will do it. I will 
you know, do it. It's for a good cause. It's for WTMJ Cares Pass the Turkey. So if you just go to WTMJ.com, you'll see the banner at the top of the website. You click on there, you'll see all the shows. And even though I'm in the noon to three slot right now, I need you to click on the WTMJ Nights. That's my normal home logo. And you can donate right there. Don't forget, WTMJ Cares is once again powered by Watry Industries and Premier Aluminum. Wouldn't be possible without those good folks. Text the word TURKEY to 855-616-1620, and we'll send you the link, and you can donate that way as well. $15 gets a turkey for the Hunger Task Force, and they'll make sure it gets in the hands of somebody who needs it this holiday season. And you'll be hearing more about this initiative on all our platforms between now and Thanksgiving. I want to win, and I'd like you to help me win. Put that out there. I'm not below graveling. I may do that, but not right now. I'm not going to go negative. I'm not going to gravel. We'll save that for next week. All right, here's my next question. As we continue, and I know, look, I, I could sit here and talk about, here are the numbers, here's who's winning, this is the percent that's in, but I think it's more important right now that we as a society, as an America, as a Milwaukee, as a Wisconsin what changes between now and 2024? So we spent the first hour in large part talking about what would you like to see changed about our election process? What can we do better? And a lot of creative ideas, a lot of creative, reasonable ideas. How many of them could come to fruition? Who knows? I would like to think that our state legislature, though, could consider joining many other states in the Count the votes as they're sent in, even if it's before Election Day. That's going to make their job easier. In fact, you remember, it was a few weeks back, you had the Milwaukee Common Council and Senator Ron Johnson, talk about strange bedfellows, coming together and saying, hey, Wisconsin, state legislature, this should be something you should consider. When you have those two entities coming together, then we're on to something, okay? And I hope they are in terms of the counting. Start the count early. Make it easy on yourselves. Start the count early. But here's my next question. 855-616-1620. In light of this election, I'm going to throw it open regardless of your political affiliation. That doesn't matter. If you are a Republican... If you're a Republican, what is it, based on what we have seen, what is it you would like Democrats or conservatives to liberals, what is it you would like them to learn based on these election results? It would appear as if Joe Biden will be the president-elect. However, as Jeff laid out beautifully yesterday on his show, Republicans will still likely control the U.S. Senate. It's just a matter of by how many, how many, uh, how many members. Um, the, our state, the Assembly and the State Senate, should uh, still controlled by Republicans, right? Okay. So, what message should Democrats take from Republicans in this election? When President Trump bucked all the polls again and overperformed in Florida, for example, overperformed in a lot of in our state he overperformed. I mean, did Charles Franklin call in sick again today? 
No, I don't know. Just be nice to Charles Franklin. It's, I don't know. What do you do if you're a pollster? I, I heard Wagner yesterday say, hand to God, as God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. No, he said, as God is my witness, I will never believe a poll again. And who can blame him? I, I don't fool me once. You know, shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. And we were fooled again by the polls. But clearly the president and Republicans, conservatives, have sent a message to Democrats in this race. And I'm just as curious. All right, Democrats. Looks like you're going to win the White House back. Democrats, what would you like Republicans to know and learn moving forward based on this election? Now, I realize this this may not be easy. Maybe you're more apt to just be yelling at one another. But I really think it's important that both sides learn something from this election and listen to the other side. Don't just get upset because your guy or gal lost. And now, okay, I got four years to ramp up again. No. What is it you would like the other side to learn based on this year's results? And I think there are lessons across the board. There really are. What's yours? And you can come at this from the left, from the right, from the moderate middle. Maybe you're right down the middle. Maybe you're you're a moderate. Maybe you're a libertarian. You go, you know what? I have a few lessons for both sides. Fine. Let's hear it. 855-616-1620 on the Accident Mortgage Talk and text line. 855-616-1620. Wherever you fall on the political spectrum, what would you like those on the other end of the spectrum to learn moving forward based on what we saw and learned during the 2020 presidential and general election cycle? This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. I don't have as many texts or calls as I thought. I, I, I think if you're a, if you're on the right, even if you don't consider yourself a Republican, but you're more conservative, what message, if you can take a deep breath, what message would you like those on the left to glean from this election? If you are on the left, 855-616-1620. If you're on the left, what message, provided Biden does indeed become president, what message would you like Republicans, and you could say Trump Republicans, to take from this election? What's the one takeaway that you would give people on the other side? Time to talk, people. Time to talk. Jared's on the east side. Good afternoon, Jared. Hi, how are you doing? Okay, Jared. Well, you know, let me just say this. I'm a veteran served in Vietnam. And I didn't put my butter on a line for Republicans or Democrats. That was not the issue with America. And I just get tired of the same old talk, no matter who's going to win, the right or left. We are Americans. Now, I know you make your money by right and left. Hello? 
I'm listening. I'm I'm listening. Yeah, but that's not that's not that's not proper. I didn't put my butt well, on the uh, again. Well, Jared, Jared, let me just interrupt you, and I appreciate uh, what you did for us in, in your in your time in the service. Do you really adultish words? No, really. And and Jared, I I don't make. I mean, I'm not going to speak for anybody else. I don't make my money. Left, right, or I, I'm not sure what that means. What you mean by that? But I, I, I don't. No, no, Jared, Jared, just I don't. I don't. I, if you've, if you've listened to me on the night show, six to nine weeknights, except days like today when I'm in for somebody else. Um, I, I've enjoyed the conversation with people across the spectrum. The reason I've set up the the question and the topic as I have, Jared, is be is in an effort to get people to talk to one another, in an effort to get people to listen, just as importantly, listen to one another. And so I'm 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 doing this in an effort to have a true discussion so that people who lean left are listening to people who lean right and and vice well, versa, because we need to learn. We need to learn important? from this election. Why is that important, left or right, rather than Americans? Why is that important? Why is it important? Well, it, it's the reality. It's the reality no, of the situation. You're making it the reality. Jared, you're making it Jared, 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 I, I don't know. Why, why are you so confrontational with me? I'm just trying to have a, a, a genuine I'm discussion. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. Okay. I, I just, I, I genuinely, I mean, I don't know how often you hear me, but I, I truly just am, am looking to have a discussion with the realization. Are you kidding, Jared? I, look, I, I totally wish there wasn't left and right. I hate the fact, Jared. I hate the fact that we have become an either or society. You're either left or right. You wear a mask. You don't wear a mask. You're, you know, this or that. But in some ways, that's the reality. Of the situation, and I guess I'm just dealing with those realities. Are you kidding? I love the fact if I could settle in here behind the microphone, bud, and, and be able to just say, we are America, and we're not, you know, left or right. We're, we're, we're Americans and, and, and those lines and things like that. But I guess I'm just looking at it as a divided nation politically and thinking, how can we maybe break down some of that divide? Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, the thing about it is one way of breaking the divide is to eliminate, eliminate left and right. That's one way, especially you. Because when I say you, I mean you, the person on radio, because you have the microphone. You have the microphone, and you can eliminate left and right. Do you it's think... In your power. If, 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 uh, see, I don't... Do you think if we stop talking, if I stop talking about left and right or, or radio people, whatever you want to say, stop talking left and right, do you think there would not be the, the type of um, opposition you have from a two-party primary, two-party system? Absolutely. Hmm. You will always have differences in this country politically. However, yes, the answer to your question is yes. Hmm. Okay. Thanks, Jared. Call again. And, and again, remember, um, my intent here is to generate conversation, try to break down some of that divide. So I, I appreciate it, Jared. Thank you. 855-616-1620, Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. What is the message you want to send to people who vote 
Democrat, if you're a Republican, or if you're a Democrat, what is the message, what's the lesson you would like people on the right to learn? And again, to Jared's point, I'm not coming at this from sort of snark or, or sarcastic or a, you know, a wise you-know-what angle. I truly think that there's some lessons that can be learned to make us better, to Jared's point, as Americans, period. We'll continue. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Quick uh, couple texts before we get to the news, and then we're going to continue. I, I hope. Was Jared upset? I mean, he was upset. I don't know if he was upset at me. hope you understand where I'm coming from on this one. I do not speak for all radio hosts, certainly, that's for sure. I'm just, I can only speak from the, the perspective of one person, me. 847. Um, please acknowledge that uh, Trump has been campaign has been uh, doing campaign rallies for the past four years. Um, imagine if President Obama had spent half his time doing campaigning. I hope Biden follows Trump's blueprint. All right, here at two six two, as a Trump supporter, here's the message that this two six two texter would give um, people on the left. We are not racist for supporting Trump. He increased his votes across every racial demographic except white men, so other races have shown to support him as well. That's the message that the 262 would give. 920 says, I'm a never-Trumper, a longtime conservative, and my message, the lesson I'd like both parties, both sides to... Uh, take from this election is stop nominating all these septuagenarians for president. We're not going to have a, well, I would like to think in 2024, there's not going to be septuagenarians on the ballot, but I don't know. Never say never. Chris and Tom, hang on the line. Open lines for you at 855-616-1620. The lesson that you would like those on the other side to have learned or to take away from the 2020 campaign cycle. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. The lesson, the takeaway that you want the other side to leave 2020 with based on the election, right? Because we got to be learning about each other, hopefully. Chris in Madison. Hi, Chris. Hi, how are you today? I'm okay, man. So what is the takeaway? What's the lesson you'd like people on the other side? Uh, I should say, are you coming at this from the right or the left, generally speaking? I'm I'm coming at it from the right of center. Okay. Um, I voted for Trump the first time around. Okay. Um, I did not vote for him the second time around. I didn't vote. I had felt very conflicted. Mm. Uh, but the message, I think, is if both parties continue to keep with the bickering and the just the utter BS that goes on for what they get paid to do, the next guy that comes, if they can't get this right now with, with Joe, the next time around now, who are you going to get? How much are the American people going to keep taking? And, you know, I just I don't know why can't we just take this country and take just a blanket of things and go to referendum with it? Maybe even if you have to every four years for a while, 
go to referendums so people can actually vote for what they want to vote for. There's a lot of things. Yeah. You know, I agree with both sides on a lot yeah, of things. You know, Chris, you, you said something interesting right there. You said get some candidates or get some things, but in essence, get some candidates that people want to vote for. And even though I ended a sentence in the preposition with I hate doing so much, but I, you get my point. Yeah, you know, I, I, I yeah. echoed this a few times over the last few weeks. How many people voted not for Biden or Trump, but against the other guy? Well, I'm just, you know what? I'm not a fan of him, but I sure as heck don't want the other guy. So, well, here we go. Here's my vote. Exactly. And my just kind of feeling is I actually kind of felt, feel a sense of comfort knowing that Biden is going to be doing, you know, that I think he's going to make it. I, I think he's going to be our president. I think he is going to uh, I think he's going to upset a lot of Democrats like Trump did to the Republicans because he's a, he's a leftist center guy and he's not just going to pull party lines. He's to me one of the last of the lions of the, the John McCain's, the Huckabees, these guys that could shake hands, have a talk. Maybe it's a little bit of an argument, but they would hammer it out and they would agree and go home civilly and to see how, you know, that I hope he can be our last shot at both both parties getting along. You know, if I could have my way, everything would maybe be mm-hmm. a certain way. But I know I have to live with you and I have to live with that person. And this is all our country. And we need somebody who can help us all out and help us understand and, and you know, maybe just some reason together, talk things out, not just yes, no, or throw all these extras on, you know, when you're doing a vote, say, okay, I know you need this, but this is how we feel. Where can we meet and just have some civility? And a lot of people, and- Chris, a lot of people would love to have my guy, my woman, my team, my party in power all the time, controlling everything. But you know what? Mm-hmm. I think we need to realize for the for the betterment of our nation, that's not what is ideal. I don't think we, and and this is crazy, but maybe some people might think it's crazy. We're better when we have the checks on one another. And I I kind of agree with you. If, if and when it ultimately ends up being Biden in the Oval Office and Republicans, maybe slim, but Republicans hold the Senate and Democrats hold the House, even though the margin is a little wider or slimmer now with the GOP pickups. That's not the worst thing. I and I know there's quite people ahead. How yeah. how can you say yeah. that unless Republicans control everything, or how can you say that unless Democrats control everything, we'll never get it? No, that's this is how it's supposed to work. This is why the framers set it up as they did, so you had checks on one another. And, and we're set up, and we should as heck be set up for our nation to function and function effectively with different parties controlling those different units of government. Well, maybe you and I can get together and run as a ticket, Morris and Cook. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. Appreciate it very much. Yeah, there's something to that. 855-616-1620. Let's continue here. Tom in West Bend. Hi, Tom. Hi. How are you doing? I'm well. What is your takeaway, or what takeaway um, would you like others to have? Well, I guess the way I look at it is is maybe I come from, from the left, okay. and I look at it this way is, um, 
you have to look at it as who's ever your president of the United States. You still have to have some respect for other people who they vote for. And you shouldn't hold people against that. And, and you know, if he's your president, you know, just uh, respect him for who he is. And you always have a chance to vote next time uh, who you want to vote in. And I would, you know, and then let's get along as, as one nation and not have have this so much dividence in what, what goes on in the world because, a lot of angry people are in this world, and the ads that they have are making people even more angry, and that's what's causing all this. I can't top that. Thank you, Tom. I, I echo everything you just said. Tom and West Bend weighing in. 855-616-1620. Mark in Kenosha, hang on. Sam in McHenry, Illinois, hold on. And uh, open lines for you as well. We'll get to some of your texts. What is the takeaway? What is the lesson? When you tell the story of the 2020, when we look back and you tell the story of the 2020 presidential election, what message, if you're coming at it from the right, would you like those on the left to know about you and who you are? If you're coming at it from the left, and if your guy ultimately wins the, wins the White House here, either today, tomorrow, or at some point in the near future, if you're coming at it from the left, what is it you would like those on the right to realize and recognize about you and your party moving forward. This is the conversation that we need to have two days removed. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Back to the phones, shall we? Kenosha, it's Mark. Hi, Mark. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you. You know, and for me, I'm coming from the left on a lot of things, but I'm in the middle on some things, too. Okay. Uh, but what I really want to get the message across is to clear up a common misconception that the left is not the party of law and order. It, it couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, I've peacefully protested many times, but I draw the line when people start vandalizing, destroying, burning things. But uh, I feel that the... The left is also a party of law and order. It's just we want the law and order and the rules to apply equally to both sides. And it just seems to me that a lot of the time, uh, specifically in regards to Trump, uh, his lawlessness and uh, and chaos and just uh, whether it's tax fraud or, or pressuring Ukraine, uh, it seems like the the other side always wants to tout law and order but not when it's their guy that's the one breaking the laws or the rules or however you look at it. Uh, I think that the law and order should be the baseline for all of us to start with, no matter what side you're on, no matter what party you're on. But until we can acknowledge the people that are breaking said laws, whether it's our guy or the other guy, we're never going to get anywhere because we, we can't find a common ground. And I think the other caller really hit it on the nose. We have to have a way to find compromise in this country, or we'll just be deadlocked indefinitely. Great. Great point. Great call, Mark. Law and order should not be a right or left thing. Partisan. No. Yeah, Isn't that silly? Exactly. It, it feeds into, as we was talking with one of the earlier callers, that whole either-or thing. I mean, you go back to this summer. At some point... It was you're either you're either Black Lives Matter or you back the badge. What? Are you kidding me? 
Here's a novel idea. I think you can say both. You can. You can absolutely say both, Mark. And I, I remember I speculated at one point. I said, I would love to see somebody's lawn with a Black Lives Matter sign and a Back the Badge sign. And somebody texted and said, I actually know somebody who has that on their front lawn. I think they lived out in Waukesha or something like that. It is. It, it, it has been infuriating that we got to the point where you're either right or left, you're law and order or your lawlessness, you're either Black Lives Matter or you're um, back the badge. I mean, it, it, it's absolutely absurd that, that it's come to that. And I, I hope we can kind of pull ourselves out of those polarizing corners here now that the election cycle's over. Exactly. I, I'm one of those crazy people that thinks you can peacefully protest and still want to protect your community because I've lived in Kenosha my whole life. You can still appreciate the difficult job that a lot of police officers do and still want police reform. Like None of these stances are, are you can only have this view and nothing else. And I think once we get across that point, we'll be a lot better off as a nation. Amen. Thanks for the call, Mark. Let's get one more call in here. Sam is in McHenry, Illinois. Hey, Sam. How you doing there, Scott? Pretty well. Good to hear from you. So what advice, again, tell us what angle or what end of the spectrum politically you're coming from, and then what would be your message for the people on the other side of the spectrum? Well, I would first like to make a quick comment on when Chris talked about the referendums. Okay. Is a way to clean things up? Uh, you know, and then he mentioned John McCain. You know, John McCain and Russ Feingold, they came up with that campaign finance thing. It didn't even survive in court. So that was the moment there where you had two guys from each side, but they couldn't come up with something that really worked. So Way to ruin the me- Hey, my- Sam, Sam, way to ruin yeah. the memory of bipartisanship. Thanks a lot for, for yeah. dousing that bucket but, of cold water. Court, <laughs> I know, I know, I know, but so, God, it was a great moment in political history, wasn't it? It was a moment, <laughs> it was a moment but it didn't have us I in mind. So I guess it just... You know, so now we move into my next, my main comment, mm-hmm. and that obviously would be Donald Trump, and this is for conservatives too and Republicans that walked from him because he was what crazy? Yeah, but he was going to ruin the whole thing right down the ballot. And one of them used to work for WTMJ, and his damn near made a career out of that, where he was going to take everything right down the ballot in the midterms. Well, that didn't happen. And guess what? You just acknowledged it earlier, Scott. He Trump got extra seats in the House. He also, you know, the Senate is pretty much still in place. And Wisconsin picked up some Republicans. So I don't know. This guy was supposed to destroy the whole country and the whole Republican Party and the whole conservative movement. I, I, I don't see it. I, I, there's no evidence of it whatsoever. Well, he, he certainly changed so, it. He certainly changed it. So let me ask you this then, Sam. As... As the party moves forward, whether, you know, Trump wins the reelection here or not, the party is going to move forward forever, I think, changed. And if, if you don't think changed, the fingerprints of a Trump administration are certainly now on the party. So what would you want, you know, non-Trump Republicans and Democrats to know and to have learned about Trump supporters in the Republican Party moving forward. How 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 can how can the overall cause be bettered? What what's the lesson that people need to take from the Trump era of Republicans? 
I guess it goes right back. He spoke about it at, uh, you know, at Kenosha. I happened to be at the Kenosha rally, by the way. And he also uh, has touched on it in previous rallies that, you know, if he could, if he wants money, he could make a phone call and he could have all kinds of money at the snap of a finger. But he didn't want to compromise that part of his presidency. So my message to the Republicans, and this gets us into our trade deals, our interactions with China and other countries, foreign money's coming in. My uh, advice to all of them is be real careful who you're taking money from because Trump made his movement from recognizing the little guy who doesn't have money to buy off a politician in Washington and only has one shot every four years to get his voice uh, voice heard in a presidential election. And that's going to be his legacy, and that's going to be the challenge for all of them going forward. Mm -hmm. You want to start taking money from from big shots, whether it's the unions, the trial lawyers, or you want to get into the big corporations, the multinationals, you want to start taking money from foreign governments. Trump did not – he stayed away from all of that, and he has not – received any credit for it you did hit on something sam i'm gonna let you fly bud because i'm up against it thanks for the call good to hear from you 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 did he did hit on something and it's not i don't want to necessarily get into the 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 money because there you you could say that perhaps there was other advantages i I don't want to get into the the minutiae of it here and now but we'll take the break when i come back there is something there is something certainly that I think those on the left and 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 uh, what do you say never Trumpers need to realize about the people that have supported this president for the last four years, and they they're trying to send you a message, and you need to pick up on it. I'll tell you what it is when we come back. Here would be the here would be the. Um, the takeaway, I guess, is that there are a ton of Americans, Republicans, who feel marginalized. Call it flyover country, call it what you will. But if if those on the left or or those in the who are conservative Republicans that are not supporters of Trump, you've got to realize, look at how many. And their voices were heard loud again on Tuesday, even if they don't ultimately reelect the president, but all these other races uh, nationally and, and statewide. There are tons of Americans who are conservative, who are Republican, that felt forgotten in this country. And whatever you think of Donald Trump, when you look at him as a political being, he was able to tap into that dare I say, I feel your pain, dare I say, I will fight for you, I will end cronyism, and whether or not you think he did, or he's, forget that. But he was able to tap into something here, right? The marginalized American in the middle of the nation, between the two coasts that get all the attention, and they they have been and are crying out, Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now in for Jeff Wagner, WTMJ's Scott Morris. Final hour on a Thursday edition. Wagner is out. Morris is in. Kyle producing as always. 
I'll be in for Jeff again tomorrow. What I think we're going to do tomorrow, I just threw this at you, Kyle. Um, instead of Pop Culture Corner, because Jeff has full rights to that property, and I'm not allowed to trespass on it, so we'll just have a little Friday fun. I'm thinking of the movie, not your favorite movie, the movie that you nearly walked out of on. No, hang on. That's ending a sentence in a preposition. Can't do that. Uh, let me rephrase that. The movie... How would I say that without ending an of or on? Help me here, grammatical one. The movie to which you nearly walked out. Hmm? What about one that you did walk out on? But you just ended that in a preposition. Movie on is a preposition. Almost couldn't finish. <laughs> That's no. No, come on. How do we ask well, the question have to be without proper? You could just yeah, ask it like, uh, what, Melissa. You how how long have you known me? Words are important. Words have no, meaning. No, but people know what you mean. Uh, well, I know they know what they mean, but I like to be grammatically correct. Right. One one of the lessons my mom hammered into my head as a kid was <laughs> never end a sentence in a preposition. And she's probably smiling and nodding her head, listening to this, going, I, "See, it, I think it, you had start. it right the first time. What is no. the movie that you nearly walked out of? Just take away the on that you ended on. But of is also a preposition. Yeah, that's Kyle. true. Oh, God. Um, See? What's the movie that you... English teacher. (laughs) Oh, my God. Anyway. Uh, Okay, what was the last Star Wars movie that came out? That's good. We're going to do this tomorrow at 2 o'clock. I'm thinking about it now. You walked out of a Star Wars movie? Almost. I guess we could... Oh, the Jar Jar Binks one that everybody hates? No, we could talk about this tomorrow. Well, we will. Are you working tomorrow? I'm not working tomorrow. You're, you're <laughs> off on a. You're off. Seriously, you're I off. I am. Oh, My okay. brother's getting married, so. Oh. Yeah. Are you in the wedding? I'm the hostess. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> it's a title that you give someone to greet people when they come in. The hostess. If anybody needs anything, they come to me. Are you hosting it too? As the hostess? I mean, is that. Is well, that I'm not hosting it, but you hand out the pamphlets, you greet people at the door. You mean the bulletins? The yes, programs. Yes, the programs. The rosters. <laughs> Can't tell a member <laughs> of the Bradley Bridal Party without one. Yes, that's no what, what I will be doing. Yep. It's my, my younger brother, so. Is this back in Iowa? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. So you're going to be off tomorrow. I will be off All right, tomorrow. then I'm going to prime the pump for tomorrow. Do not tell us this now. Don't text it. Don't call it. Hang on. Is Jim going to help us with the grammar? <laughs> no, this is good. Oh, good. Uh, Jim is in Waukesha. Jim, help me out. How do I ask that question Without ending in a preposition, what's the proper grammatical setup of that sentence? Name a movie on which you would have walked out. Name the movie on which you would have walked out. I can end without? Yeah, I can end without, can't I? Yeah. Okay. That's correct. Name, I got to write this down, Jim. Hang on. <laughs> Forget that. Name a movie on which you would have walked out or on which you did walk out. Okay. Jim, do you uh, have... Go. Uh, uh, what? Go I ahead. I got to tell you, I had, a, I had some of the best English teachers in the world, and they hammered the same thing into mm. us. Don't end the sentence on a preposition. Yes. And uh, it, it made a difference from an A to a C. Oh. Good point. All right. Thanks, Jim. And clearly the lesson's stuck. Thank you, Jim. Name the movie. Yeah. Say it as a, as a declarative sentence. 
Don't ask the question. Name, you better write this down, Kyle, because I'm going to forget this tomorrow. <laughs> Name a movie on which you walked out or nearly walked out. Period. Okay. That's great. Back to your brother's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> right? So okay. wh- what is your movie? How would you, You're not here tomorrow. What, oh, how would you answer it? Well, I think it was the last Star Wars, the three-hour one. The three-hour one where you had to have watched all the Star Wars movies. I don't remember which one that was, but I actually... You, I did walk out on You this. bailed. <laughs> How deep into the movie did you bail? Um, well, two hours in. See, if you've already gone past the halfway oh, point... I had restless legs. I was getting jittery. <laughs> Things were not going well for me, Scott. <laughs> she storm, she storms uh, out and she goes, oh, I'll read the book! Uh, it's like I, You know, I mean, you get to a point where you're just sort of lost in the movie because you mm-hmm. did not watch... Many of the previous movies up to it. So, yeah, I mean, I felt like I was justified, but maybe. And then I felt really bad afterwards that I walked out. What? And what, I took a lift who, home. Who did you, who did, <laughs> it was with who, my boyfriend. Who did you feel bad for? Did, well, because did he I really was with my boyfriend. And I, yeah, he really wanted to see it. And I was like, yeah. Well, oh, you go. dragged him out too? No, he, he said, I really want to see this movie. It's three hours long. I understand that this may be... You know, a really long time for you to sit through a movie that you don't really know what's going on in. So I went. You just did it right there. Did you catch that oh, yeah, one? I did. You That's ended true. that sentence with the word in. That's, That's a true. preposition. Okay, so I got through two hours of the movie, and then I said, I can't do this. I really, really tried hard. And I said, hey, do you mind if I just, you know, go home, take a lift home? I know it's really bad. Are you sure? Yeah. Somebody's saying, are you sure it's Star Wars? Are you talking about the Avengers? Endgame? Oh, no, it was that one. Yes. Wow, I, see, I couldn't even remember. Loud. That's not Absolutely. The same movie. That's, it was, well. Boy, it really did not strike a note with Melissa. No, she like, can't even right. remember the right franchise. Thank you. Thank you, listener. <laughs> just, it was the Avengers. I, I couldn't remember even what movie it was. It was just, I. <laughs> wow. Not good. And it was okay. kind of embarrassing to admit it because, you know, I'm not that type of person to just bail. But I just hadn't watched any of the others, and I was uh, antsy, all that kind of stuff. So, Well, that explains why you walked out. Yeah. Because you're sitting there through, how long is it, three hours? It was three hours long. At the two-hour mark, Melissa's sitting there going, when does Skywalker <laughs> enter the movie? Where's Obi-Wan? No. Okay, what? I apologize. That's my fault. I, I, th- I was thinking it was Star Wars. They're right. It was the Avengers. <laughs> you go to your boyfriend. Hey, psst, psst. When does Princess Leia walk on screen? <laughs> Where are the lightsabers? <laughs> yes, that's right. Why aren't they fighting with lightsabers? Yeah. yeah, that was not good. All right, let's take a quick break, and then uh, can you hang for a second? Um, I can, yes. You can? Okay, thank you. Because we need to talk about, because you're spearheading the... WTMJ Cares, Pass the Turkey. Pass the Turkey initiative, uh-huh. which has turned into kind of a competition between all the shows and all the hosts. So uh, we'll get the lowdown from Melissa who walked out early, not on Star Wars, but on the Avengers Endgame, for future reference. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Okay, so today... We have debuted our latest WTMJ Cares initiative, WTMJ Cares Pass the Turkey. I mentioned this uh, earlier in the show. You, Melissa, are spearheading this particular 
project. Now, we're all getting involved, and we'll get into that. But uh, first, tell us about the initiative to benefit Hunger Task Force and help some people out who need some meals this holiday season. Yeah, I'm really excited about this. I was just at a distribution a few days ago where they handed out turkeys to senior citizens. They lined their cars up. And this this campaign really is a great way virtually to give back to the community. But these are literal turkeys. These are literal turkeys. We're raising money to give to Hunger Task Force so they can give out turkeys. Yes, so that's how it goes. $15 will get you one turkey. And we're doing a little turkey battle here at WTMJ to make it more fun for every single show. If you go to WTMJ.com, there'll be a banner at the top. Click on the banner. Scroll down and you'll be able to see one, two, three, four, five different links to each show, one one per show, and then you can donate your turkeys per show. So we're kind of battling it out. Obviously, Wisconsin's Afternoon News would like to win. Uh, Scafidi would like to win. Everybody would like Nobody to win. Wa- everybody wants to win. But, you know, we really don't win anything but turkeys. You can also text the word turkey to yes. 855-616-1620. You text get, the word turkey. Yeah, you'll get the link to where you can donate straight to hmm. your phone. It's just that easy. Um, and I'm really excited about this because this does go up until Thanksgiving Day. So you have plenty of time mm-hmm. to get your turkeys in. Uh, again, November 24th is the day that is the the cap off of when yep. this is all done. And we couldn't have done this without Watchery Industries and Premier Aluminum. All of this is powered by them. They are so great to get involved. But Hunger Task Force, that is the organization that we're helping out to give out turkeys to people who have food insecurity in Southeast Wisconsin. This year more than ever, Scott, because of the pandemic. So you go to the website or you text Turkey yes. to eight five five six one six one six twenty, and we send you the link. And it's a fifteen dollar uh, donation. Fifteen dollars gets you one turkey. But you, the the way you do so is by clicking on one of the shows, yes. right? Click on one of the shows. So clearly, let me just pause you right there. <laughs> Even though I'm sitting in Jeff's time slot, mm. no offense, Jeff who's you know taking some time off. I don't want you to click on Jeff's face right now. I want you to just click on, on my face, which is tied to the WTMJ Knights, my normal shift, the WTMJ Knights uh, logo, which, by the way, let me just tell you something. Did you, <laughs> it did looks you, good. Did you see all the logos for all the shows? I did. My our, Ours at night is, is the most eye-catching flat. Well, you know, you pull some strings with the graphics department. It is eye-catching. It is flashy. Um, you got me smiling right there. You click on that, and then I will get the the turkey tally. Is that what we're calling them? Uh, turkey tallies? Turkey tally, yeah. I like and that. And then there will be a turkey tracker at some point where we'll be able to follow and see who's winning, right? We're working on that. Uh, right, right, right. It's, it's So I do want to give a shout-out to Nick Van Wagenen's mom. Nick Wait. texted us. She... Heard us talking about it earlier today, and she donated, I believe, 10 turkeys to the afternoon show. So she clicked on the afternoon show. Well, I'm not going to give her a shout out. Oh, I'm going to give her a shout out. No, I want her to click on my name. Thank you, Nick's mom. Because so you can buy one turkey is great. 10 turkeys is great, too. Well, you think about it. $15, Mm -hmm. $30, I mean, whatever it is, one or two. I mean, you're right. Any donation is welcome and will go to a great cause. But you start thinking about some of the some of the things you spend money on and go, well, c- could I go without a couple of stops through the Starbucks drive through in order to donate a turkey? Could I, you know, stop from going to my particular fast food restaurant mm-hmm. for the next couple of weeks in order to donate a turkey or two? And yeah, it adds up pretty quickly. You know, also for the holidays, too, I like... People that give donations on your behalf, that's kind of a nice stocking stuffer, too. I you know, put a little note in there saying, I donated two turkeys for you for the Hunger Task Force on WTMJ. That's a nice, a nice gift. 
So um, there you have it. And again, um, thanks to the great folks at Watery Industries and yes. Premier Aluminum. The competition is on, but obviously it's all for a great cause. 855-616-1620. Text Turkey. Just go to WTMJ.com. They got the big banner up there at the top. Scroll to my face, my <laughs> name, on WTMJ Nights, and you can donate there. You can. you can, Or you can click on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. Or not. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Okay, I'd be remiss if I don't uh, just mention this. Today, earlier today, Alderwoman Shantia Lewis, Alderman Ashanti Hamilton, Bob Bauman, Nikia Dodd, Malele Coggs, and Mark Borkowski, and Russell Stamper. That's seven? Yeah. Seven Milwaukee Alder persons, people. They sent a letter to the esteemed <laughs> Fire and Police Commission asking them to halt the selection process of a new police chief saying as is widely known the executive director recently resigned and her chief of staff chose to depart with her before that chief morales retired but then filed a lawsuit against the city alleging that he was unfairly treated by your honorable body they didn't even put honorable body in 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 quotes either i would have for months we have heard public and private reports of dysfunction within the commission oh you can say that again from the level of senior staff on down many common council members have asked publicly whether there are enough staff members still on duty to perform even the most basic tasks of the commission much less to undertake the structural changes in both its own operation and those of the milwaukee fire and police departments that are so desperately needed and it goes on and on and on and uh, so there you have it. Seven members of the Common Council is asking the FPC to stop, stop the process to hire a new police chief. I, I don't I don't know really what to say on this other than every time you think the process and really anything related to the Fire and Police Commission, anytime it's in the news or anything comes up related to their activity or their inactivity or their dysfunction, it just... I don't even know the phrase anymore. Shake your head? No, we've been shaking our head forever. Makes you laugh? No, we've been laughing for a long time. Maybe to the point of, maybe we're to the point of just being sad, but, I, and again, the city of Milwaukee and surrounding areas and the department and the citizens are the ones that lose out because of this process that is just, I mean, I'll, I said it before, I'll say it again. Right now, FPC, the most dysfunctional body, governing body in our city, in our county, in our state. I think you could say that. And the latest chapter is that members of the city council want the commission to halt the process to hire a police chief because of these unanswered questions and maybe staffing issues in general. I don't know. I don't know. We're losers for it, that's for sure. FPC. Continues to make like a junior high student council look like a U.N. General Assembly meeting. Poor Jeff Wagner, right after this. I should have mentioned this when we were talking about the election stuff in the first couple hours. We do need to, let's just pat ourselves on the back for a second. According to the Wisconsin Elections Commission, it is still unofficial. Wisconsin voters cast... 3,296,374 votes for president. That is the most ever. Most ever. The record 
had been a little over three million, and that was back in 2012. So we smashed over, uh, smashed past our prior record with over 200,000, about 225,000 more people voted this time than last time. That's pretty remarkable. Now, unofficially speaking, though, percentage turnout, second highest. You got to go back to 2004 when 73.24% of the general election um, population turnout. This time it was 72.66. So, you know, one thing I would like to change in time of for 2024. All these here's here's a tip to all the networks, cable news, websites as well. Right now, for example, I'm looking at CNN on one of the screens here, and it, they have the Trump raw count, the Biden raw count, the the overall popular vote, the Biden raw count, the Trump raw count. Here's what I need you to do: I need somebody to do the math and then include the difference. Because I'm sick of doing the math myself. Have you? I mean, Kyle, you've been watching this stuff. Arizona right now, 1.47 plus million. Trump, 1.402 million. Then you got to look at the number and go, all right, minus. And you got to subdue the do the math in your head. And I'm kind of annoyed about doing the math in my head. You need to give us the raw total and then include the difference. Say, you know, minus 204,117 or something like that. Do the math for us. It would be very helpful if you could include the difference on the screen. I'm just saying. Sick of doing the math myself. Although it is kind of a, kind of a practice in math, which isn't a bad thing, right? I guess we could do a little math every once in a while. I just, I'm kind of surprised they don't. Does that make sense? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I got you. I kept looking at uh, Nevada yesterday, and I'm like, 6,000. Okay. And then I I would look hours later, I'm like, 6,000. Okay. And then I realized, oh, they're they're not counting today. Well, yes. (laughs) And I was like, what is going on? Like, why? So right now. No, I got you. Like, even on the website, I've been using, I don't know, what, what? what has been your go-to site? I've been using the Associated Press. I uh, yeah, I've been using the the AP. Um, but I mean, in terms of you know live action numbers, I I would rather just watch a television and get it sort of delivered to me that way. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it is kind of frustrating because you don't really see any sort of difference, and you, you, by the time you're working on it, they might move on to the next state, and you're like, well, what 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 the heck was I just looking at? So. Yeah, I mean, unless if you're not quick with the with the mental math, it can be a little frustrating, I'd imagine. Right now, I'm on the AP website. My cursor is hovering over Pennsylvania, and they're reporting 88% in. I don't know if this is updated, but they, they got it at 88%. Donald Trump, 3,237,103. Joe Biden, 3,134,692. Then I need the difference. I need just one. Just give me one more column. I know somebody said you do have to look at the small print. Well, maybe it. not enough networks are doing it. Like CNN doesn't have it up. The AP website, just give me the, like, Biden minus whatever the heck that is. 103,000-ish. It would just be helpful. I don't know. 
I'm just throwing that out there. And it makes us guess mental math. You know, you just said, you know, Biden minus 103. So now we don't even know if that's the right number that you're giving us. It's like, <laughs> oh, well, this is great. The guy isn't even sure. And we're at the point now where I'm more interested because we're tracking this in the raw number than the percentage. You know, on election night, I kind of just look at the percentage and then you have an idea. But now I'm interested in the, is the gap closer? Is it wider than before? And to that end, we need to know the raw number. I don't know. Math hurts. Math hurts sometimes. This does not, however. Great Scott! How much would you pay for a crate of oranges? You're always, you always have a very eclectic... Uh, what would I say? Lunch usually. People don't know. You come in, you have your, you have like a satchel. You got your cloth satchel and you open it up and there's always the most, like I have an avocado and some couscous today. And I'm like, what? I got a peanut butter and banana sandwich back there. And, and Pachinsky usually has, I have some dates. I have some macadamia nuts. And watercress sandwiches. You are always very eclectic with your <laughs> diet. A seventy-year-old person. <laughs> I don't know if it's seventy. It's just I, I sometimes envy your um, your array of food back there. At any rate, this could be something for you. How many mandarin oranges could you buy for one million yen, or roughly ninety-six hundred U.S. dollars? Well. For one fruit-loving buyer at an auction this week in Japan, the answer is just 100. A single crate of 100 Japanese mandarins hit the auction block this week on Tokyo's central uh, wholesale, the Ota Market. It was the year's first auction of Satsuma mandarin oranges... A famous citrus species from Ihime Prefecture on the island of Shikoku in southern Japan. Okay. This region produces semi-seedless citrus species of oranges known for their good balance of rich and sweet flavors. It's easy to peel thin skin as well as its melt-in-the-mouth texture. Only about 100 farmers produce this special kind in the area. The high bid at today's auction was considered a very uh, celebratory price. It also marked the beginning of uh, Japan's Mandarin season. One expert said, since the quality of the fruit of each year is evaluated at the first auction, it will greatly affect the subsequent sales. First auction is very important for the fruit industry. Apparently so. 9600 bucks for 100 mandarins. It's not quite as good as the Mackinac peaches. Okay. Here's something for the holidays, perhaps. If you've always wanted to smell like a shiny new pair of red shoes that have yet to meet two sweaty feet, you're in luck. You're familiar with the designer Christian Louboutin? Everybody knows that name, right? Well, he just launched Louba World, his first ever collection of fragrances, and yes, the iconic expensive heels are involved. The line is comprised of seven unisex fragrances that live in bright, 
Louboutin red bottles topped with ornate caps. There's Louboutin, 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 Crown, and so on and so forth. Martha Stewart's red bottoms definitely smell like Sharpie, but apparently unaltered Louboutins smell more like a cabaret and a sensual wake of cardamom, iris, and vanilla leading you into glamorous Paris. What the heck does that mean? If you want people to actually know what you smell like, Louboutins got you covered there as well. Each fragrance is uniquely distinct from its siblings. Floral rose, fruity. He makes shoes, right? That's what I thought. So you want to smell like a shoe for the holidays? Louboutins, the way to go. And last but not least, okay, listen to this one. Loneliness, we go back to Japan for this one. Loneliness has become a serious social issue in Japan, prompting robotics researchers to develop everything from humanoid robots to furry cybernetic seals for isolated people to interact with at home. And of course, you have the <clears throat> sex robot industry, which has taken off during the COVID era. Now, Researchers have built a device that simulates going for a long, leisurely walk with a loved one. A group of researchers say, for some people, finding a girlfriend is very difficult. So they set out to create a way for lonely young men to experience holding your girlfriend's hand more easily than by finding a girlfriend. In fact, for now, they have created, ladies and gentlemen... A female hand. A, a, a female hand. Yeah, in a recently published paper titled "My Girlfriend in Walk," the team published designs for a sophisticated robotic female hand that grips. Look at that! Looks like something Frank. Looks like Frank Bride of Frankenstein. That grips, moves, and even sweats like the real thing. A complex elbow-mounted sliding rail mimics that push and pull when the person you're holding hands with slows down or speeds up slightly. And the vice is even paired with a smartphone app that plays the sounds of a woman's footsteps and the rustling of their clothes as they move. The pliable skin is heated to human body temperature, and the pores release liquid from a reservoir inside to get that ever-reassuringly sweaty feeling. The device is scented with a subtle perfume that is supposed to replicate the mixture of soap, shampoo, and cosmetics you might smell while walking with a real-life human woman. The team says part of the impetus behind the invention is to provide comfort for those who might be living isolated lifestyles during the pandemic and give them more of a reason to get some fresh air and exercise. While that might seem a touch eccentric to many, the growing trend in Japan where young people lock themselves away indoors without ever going out suggests there just might be a market for this strange-looking invention. A hand-holding robot that sounds, smells, and even sweats like a real woman. Just the hand part. I know what you're thinking. I thought the same thing. Great Scott! Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ.
don't Google it on a work computer, okay? Speed my advice to you. I had to do it for work purposes, but you're going to have a tough time selling that to your boss. Yeah, that uh, that guy who Kyle just you're talking off the air. That guy who interrupted the uh, um, the Nevada press conference with the barbecue beer freedom shirt. I assume many, plenty of you saw that video already. You know the thing that strikes me about it is he was never ushered away himself. I mean, isn't there like even a just like a security guard just kind of standing up against the wall? That would, yes, sir, you got to move on. And then the guy walked away under well, his own power. There was one guy that, like, calmly steps in, in between and, like, just in case you're going to, like, flip the switch and go absolutely crazy. But the guy kind of runs out of breath and, and, like, runs out of the same thing to scream at the same time and just <laughs> sort of, like, <sighs> and then he has to run off in a huff. I mean, I would have done the same thing if I was doing nothing but screaming for 20 seconds straight. Because you're, you're not, you're not going to stand there and catch your breath and... And another thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, he certainly... But I'm looking at the guy who stepped in between, and I don't, he wasn't really a security guard. He looks... Was he a member of the media, in fact? I don't know. I think he was with the guy that was speaking. With like, the Nevada oh, Election Commission, yeah, or whoever he was. Yeah. Barbecue. BBQ Beer and Freedom. I didn't... I mean, those are... I'm all for that. I mean, who isn't? If, if, to be honest with you, the the message of barbecue, beer, and freedom, I think that that's a stance or that's a platform that all Americans could get behind. Who's against any one of those three things, let alone all three of those things together? I think, I think he could maybe he needs a little bit more tact in getting out his position on things. But the slogan itself, I think that's a platform we could all. We could all agree would be good. So this Packers game is still on. Huh? This is still happening. We don't have any late breaking news. I mean, I look. I'll watch it. Of course, I'll watch it. I'm not an idiot, but just remember when we are that. If this again, I, I firmly believe if this was a noon start, and the Packers were the Bengals and the Forty ers were the Jets, let's say. I don't think they're playing it, but because it's a national televi- nationally televised game, the, there's a big money on the line, television contracts and, and others. You know, I, I think there's uh, it's not out of hand to think that that's ultimately leading to this game being played tonight. Just want to put that out there. All right, so they've got a big one hour show, huh? How will John Mercure and Melissa Barclay ever handle? A 60-minute, not even once you get through the newscast, but an hour-long edition of Wisconsin's Afternoon News. They will be indeed the pre-pre-pre-game to the Packers and the Niners. We'll see what uh, what's on tap for the big 60-minute extravaganza when we come back.